You know, growing up in the 80s in Rockhampton, the, the job that I thought, God, this would be an amazing job to get, would be someone like an accountant at the mines. You know, they were earning, back then it was like 40 something thousand dollars a year, which is extraordinary money. The only subject I hadn't done was tax law. And um, I actually, by that stage, I actually completely lost motivation. I went into IT. So I remember registering it. This is embarrassing to say. I think I registered it for a record five years, um, but never actually completed it. So I probably know more about tax law these days than probably most, most lecturers in it. Enrolled at those businesses and, and a fair bit of success. And I'm dealing with investors, I'm dealing with auditors, I'm dealing with bankers, capital raises in the probably close to half a billion uh, over the, the last 10, 15 years easy. And the, the financial knowledge that I have was exactly what I learned at CQU. Have you ever seen one of those lists of Australia's richest people and wondered what on earth it takes to get a spot on there? Well, have you thought about dropping out of uni? That was the unexpectedly crucial step when he lost motivation for one career path and pursued a passion for another that helped make one of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Mary Bolling and this is CQ University's How to Change Your Life. And today we follow the path of an innovator from freewheeling youth in Rockhampton to the deep end of digital communications, driven by a passion for solving big problems. And why 25 years later, Bevan Slattery did come back to CQ University and get his degree. In the spirit of reconciliation, CQ University recognises this episode was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Turrbal and Yagara people in Brisbane and the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay respects to elders past and present and their life-changing connection to country and culture. I'm Bevan Slattery, uh, grew up in Rocky for 25 years and went to CQU. Um, my role these days really about, I built a lot of the digital infrastructure that underlies uh, the internet in Australia um, over the last, you know, probably 20 years. Um, been a pretty long journey. So typically I'm a, um, you know, entrepreneur, as they say, you know, kind of come up with some ideas and uh, build um, some, some interesting kind of assets that, help run the internet and usually what I do is I, I have that concept, I come up with the idea, I then go talk to like-minded people and see if they kind of agree with me and see if they want to invest in what we're doing and yeah, then we go ahead and build it. So go ahead and build it. It sounds pretty straightforward, right? Or maybe it's a little easier said than done. But go ahead and build it isn't just Bevan's job description. It's been his can-do approach to his career, to his many businesses, and just to life. But right back in his early days, Bevan isn't actually sure what he's building. And that leads to some big career detours. You know, growing up in the 80s in Rockhampton, you know, the, the job that I, I thought, God, this would be an amazing job to get would be someone like an accountant at the mines. You know, they were earning, back then it was like 40-something thousand dollars a year, which is extraordinary money. Um, and so oh, that's, that's, that was kind of one of the things. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So when I left high school, I, you know, I, I had a, a reasonable T-score, which is whatever they call it these days, but um, I could have gone to Brisbane, but I ended up staying in Rockhampton um, and, and I thought I'll do accounting and I might get a job at the mines. 
and, and that was one option. I think when I was going to uni, I also worked as a DJ in one of the local clubs. So I was offered a job there. And I, was, I was quite tempted, actually. It was paying about the same as an accountant at the mines. But but, uh, but thankfully, I kind of passed up on that. And yeah, it was it was a very good gig. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the uh, I think I took the right call there. So, spoiler alert, Bevan Slattery does not end up as an accountant in the mines. Bevan is currently ranked at number 69 on the Courier-Mail's list of Queensland's most powerful people. But in the early 90s, and still at CQU, he pivots his studies into a local government traineeship, then realises the hard way that's not where his heart lies either. So, I'd actually finished all the subjects I needed to for my degree and the local government's stuff. The only subject I hadn't done was tax law. And um, by that stage, I actually completely lost motivation. I went into IT. So I remember registering it. This is embarrassing. So I think I registered it for a record five years, um, but never actually completed it. So um, I probably know more about tax law these days than probably most most lecturers in it. I've been very involved with it. So, so for me, it was actually motivation was the thing um, that was there. I kind of changed career paths. And um, you know, I, I know how ridiculous it is to say that it was one subject from finishing a degree. In hindsight, you know, having that business foundation, it's actually been incredibly, incredibly important. You know, over the last 17 years, I've, I've had um, uh, five five ASX companies in that time frame. So I kind of went and did a, an Aval course to kind of um, way back in the day to get my technical chops um, and to kind of get in the industry. But being, being able to speak both technically to people is really important. But when you actually have investors, um, it was actually really important to be able to talk their language as well. So, you know, to be able to fully understand, you know, um, uh, cash flow statements, uh, balance sheets, P&Ls, all those kind of things, you know, it's that foundation that I had in the business degree. Um, no question, I, I could not have been as successful Um I'm dealing with investors, I'm dealing with auditors, I'm dealing with bankers, debt facilities and hundreds of millions, um, capital raises in the you know, probably close to half a billion uh, over the, the last 10, 15 years easy, probably, I'd say. You know, you, you can't do that by being financially literate. And the, the financial knowledge that I have was exactly what I learned at, at CQU, you know, back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. So with no degree but plenty of enthusiasm for emerging tech, Bevan co-founds his first company. Where does he get the confidence to just dive into business? Well, here's one factor. CQU connections are never far away. Yeah, I, I co-founded that with a, a fellow Rocky friend of mine called Jason Gonsall and another CQU um, alumni uh, as well. And so I was kind of on the technical side. Jason had a, a couple of mobile phone stores uh, at the time. So my kind of first business, um, what gave me the confidence is that a bit of naivety, um, you know, oh, we can do this, of course we can, you know, just give it a go. We're able to bounce ideas off each other. It was just an awesome partnership. So you know, he saw the massive growth of mobile phones and we we translated that to the internet. You know, everyone had a mobile phone subscription to, to, to do their phone service um, and we could see the same thing happen to the internet to get access to it. So to, for us, it seemed like a pretty straightforward kind of, concept uh, and we decided to jump in with with, uh, with with both feet. So, you know, ha- having, you know, uh, again, a fellow CQU alumni, Jason, um, it, it, with a great bit of experience um, together, we kind of went ahead and tackled it. Um, and then just reflecting on it as well, 
I started Pipe Networks, which is the next business with an old school friend as well, and a CQ alumni, Steve Baxter. You know, I remember we, we, when we started in the early days, you know, it was, it was very simple days. You know, Friday afternoon, we'd literally go get a carton of beer. Um, we had a, a small office in the city. We'd go get a carton of beer and put it in a, a clean kind of bin and we'd throw some ice in it. And um, I remember one, one time, we might have about nine or ten stuff. We, we started talking to each other. We actually realised that every person in that circle came from original Queensland. And and we, not that we ever kind of looked at, you know, this is where this person's from. There just seemed to be much more go-get them. I won't say carefree, but, you know, believing you can do things um, uh, and think out of the box as well. You know, when, when I grew up in the city of Queensland, you had to make your own farm, you know. You know, so... You, you rode your bike, you did your things, you copied discs. You, I don't know. We just found that we actually had a, a more positive attitude, I think. Certainly growing up in Rocky, um, I don't think um, from a business standpoint, health, it was just the, the in some ways, the naivety and the beauty of just saying, oh, let's give it a go. So the first two kind of businesses, it was Rocky and CPU all the way. Yep, Rocky and CQU all the way. And in the case of Pipe Networks, all the way to the bank. Bevan and his co-founders sell that business to TPG Telecom in 2010 for nearly $400 million Australian. But it's not as simple as smart idea equals big payday. Growing pipe networks meant surviving the global financial crisis across the late 2000s and the very real threat of going under. When the financial crisis hit and we were building the cable um, from Sydney to Guam, and uh, it was about a 6,900-kilometre cable. But, yeah, we had about $100 million in project finance that got pulled on that, and um, you couldn't even get a loan. We were kind of really in trouble. We were a public company at the time, so we had to go in a trading hole. Um, the thing that saved me then was the chairman of the company um, at the time was a gentleman called Roger Clark. And actually, on the board, there was actually may I reflect on it. Roger Clark, who's the chairman uh, of the company, there's another CQU alumni on the board called Greg Bacon as well. There was Steve, Stephen, and uh, another guy. So, um, what happened was we were, we were at the point of potentially winding up the international part of the business. We had great contracts backing it. We had you know, Google as a customer. We had Telecom PNG. We had you know probably about a guaranteed fifty million of upfront money of the hundred, and then we had um, ten million dollars a year guaranteed for the next seven years. But we just had this well, ten month gap in financing, so we called a board meeting to wind up the international business. And Roger Clark was on the board. I think he was about 60 at the time. And he, he's in the 87 crash, right? So he, 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 um, he's been around. Um, and then Roger just leaned back in the chair and went, oh, I don't know if that's our decision. Really, there's only one supplier, Subcom, who are building the system for us. Why don't you just give them a call and see what they want to do? And it was such a moment of clarity that, you know, people with the experience that, yeah, and, and that listen and just take things in, and Roger's one of those guys that, that you can present him the most complex situation and he can distill it down to a sentence or two and it hits the mark. So that, that honestly, that was the, the, the turning point. We, we flew to Mountain View, we caught up with Google and, and Subcom flew over and we worked at it together and got through. And that business went on to sell for about $400 million. You have got to admit, it's a high-stakes way to learn on the job. But Bevan says his ability to find solutions and to tap into the experience around him is all driven by one thing, staying curious about how the world works. 
I, I do read a lot. I read news. I read interesting articles and things. But I, I think, um, you know, if I was going through school in the, the 80s and someone, you know, had an ability, I'm pretty sure I'd be ADHD somewhere. You know, I mean, my mind is it's a bit like a circus in there. But I do love reading. And, I, and I, you know, I love videos, you know, but particularly particularly news articles and, and interview journals. And I'm really, I try to keep myself well informed. It's not because I wake up in the morning, so I need to inform myself. I'm just curious. So I, I just, I have a curious nature. So, and I want to understand things at a, at a, at a functional level. So, because uh, I think that's how I remember is if I can logically understand it, then I haven't, I, I'm not, I don't have to write, learn anything. I just logically understand things. Staying curious about emerging technologies has seen Bevan create a string of companies those companies build new data centres, lay fibre optic networks and sink thousands of kilometres of internet cable beneath ocean floors. And staying curious also means Bevan is ready when, in January 2020, another global crisis looms. I'm always aware of, somewhat aware of markets, but I, I spend quite a bit of time looking at macro markets, uh, particularly when I'm doing these big projects, four-year four projects, building these, these systems. So, so really from my side, I just try to read the tea leaves further out and when things start coming then you go into mode to make sure that you're ready to look at the storm so i remember in when the pandemic hit in, in january i came back from a conference in in the us and i flew home on the 25th and there were people that were flying in and out kind of out of china and there was a flight that had stopped i sent out a note straight away saying what am i business for megaport um, that night, I said, no one in the company is to fly to Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, you know, we're going to limit domestic travel. This is in general. That didn't stop flights until the end of March, right? So um, we just raised about 60 million, um, 40, 50, 60 million or something. And I think it was like October before that. And I was like, yeah, th this could get really bad. We ended up raising another 50, 60 million dollars. We had a half year result come out mid February. I said, okay, here's the deal stop travel we're going to order equipment so we ordered a year's worth of equipment in advance we drop shipped it in every country around the world that we had operations in uh, ready assuming transport's going to stop assuming manufacturing's going to stop and then we raise another you know, i think we've got 60 million um and, and so we had two years worth of cash reserves minimum we had uh, equipment and so for me it's learning the lesson of 2008 Listen to your gut a bit. When something seems bad, um, don't wait for it to get bad. Um, try to understand the impact of that. So for me, the pandemic was a, a really good case, you know, where um, we had all the cash that we needed. We had all the equipment we needed. We had um, and the, the staff were in a great place. We already we already moved to um, staff working from home by February. Um, we, we were completely set. And, and importantly, we had all the toilet paper we needed as well. So. These days, most of Bevan's work sits within Soda Group, or Slattery Office of Digital Assets. As well as building digital infrastructure around the globe, the group provides venture capital to emerging tech innovators and funds deep tech research and development. Soda is also focused on solving a key problem that keeps Bevan connected to home. We have the sustainability side, which is kind of something I grew up with when I, when I grew up in Rockhampton with great capital and things. So we're focusing very much on sustainability. So one is to make our business um, carbon neutral. So we'll be looking to invest in some um, renewable projects personally, just to uh, make sure that we, we kind of live what we speak. 
And the second part is um, over the next decade, we want to build a, a million square metres of tolerant reef. The Tolerant Reef Project neatly sums up Bevan's approach, thinking big and focused on the future. But his past also stays close to his heart, and he's always glad to get back to Rockhampton. Like he does in 2014 to finally claim his Bachelor of Business from CQ University, just 25 years after he started his studies. And he'll get there again at the end of 2023, as the Rockhampton graduation ceremony recognises him as CQU's Outstanding Alumnus of the Year. Bevan says he's honoured, but the award isn't what he's most excited about. I was there a while back when I did, um, a few years ago now, when there was a graduation ceremony. Just kind of reflecting a bit, you see these, a chunk of young kids, there was, there was obviously, you know, senior graduating and um, people are graduating at all ages, but... I just saw the optimism and that innocence and optimism and, and I think in some ways that naivety that I had, you know, in their eyes. And, and, and you kind of see these young people and you just see there's just so much before them, so much opportunity before them. And, and there's absolute romance of, for me, of just seeing that they're at the start of their journey. And so, you know, for me, I, I just I look at these kids and I walk away and I just think, you know, there's such an amazing life ahead of them. So I think that's the one thing I love going back to uni for. Bevan Slattery there, reminding us to get excited for the journey, for ourselves and for everyone just starting out. Bevan has founded a record five ASX-listed companies, and he's currently the CEO of Soda Group, the interim CEO of Megaport and the chair of Fibersense. And for everything he's achieved, future-proofing how we communicate, Bevan is CQ University's 2023 Outstanding Alumnus of the Year. CQU's practical and flexible courses can grow your business and leadership knowledge and experience, no matter where you are in your career. Head to cqu.edu.au slash study to learn more. You've been listening to How to Change a Life by CQ University Podcasts. Theme music is Wings by CQ University alumnus Tristan Barton. If How to Change a Life has got you thinking about where you're headed, we'd love to hear. Follow CQU across social media where you can see highlights from all our episodes and you can subscribe to How to Change a Life wherever you get your podcasts. Next up on How to Change a Life. They talk about the, the five stages of grades, right? But when you uh, lose someone in the way that I have, um, I, I, w- I was 16 when, when he passed you know, that, that stage of grief actually involves a lot of blame. I had to progress to, I guess, accept myself in a way as well. Till then, stay safe and have a life-changing day.